This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Today we explore the Flannan Isle Lighthouse mystery. In 1900, three of the lighthouse keepers on this island disappeared. While some clues point to a terrible storm sweeping these guys into the ocean, other clues speak to a more paranormal occurrence. Was it a massive storm, or was it the fairies and ghosts that have been known to inhabit the island? I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of mysteries and lighthouses, stick around, because just like Blumpkin recipients who can't choose between shitting or a blowjob, tonight, we'll get both. This is Necronomapod. guys see that the uh through the power of ai the beatles are going to be releasing one last song i did see that it's really weird yeah i don't like that no not a fan no they should just let john lennon be dead yeah leave it alone i mean i'm excited to hear the song but it is weird people being forced to do stuff after they're gone i'm not sure i like well, he's not being forced to do anything. Well, you know, using someone's likeness like that, like how Ronnie James Dio went holographic. Ronnie James Dio was on tour a couple of years ago. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But who signs off on that then? Like, is that the, uh, the his family then that signs oh, yeah. off? Oh! <laughs> Yoko Bozo, that's who signs off on that. I'm sure, right? She owns all those rights. I believe so. Or can they not do it? Just can they do it because it's the Beatles? Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. How that like? like <laughs> at first, I thought you were doing Ronnie James Dio. So I was like, that's not far off either. I could go either way. You're not a Dio bagging on Dio. You don't like Dio? No, I don't. I don't mind Dio. He's yeah. all right. But like, if his family like owns his likeness and, and no, his, yeah, I, I can't. If they sign off on people, got to eat. Know. But I don't know. I guess it's a weird thing. Well, I'm not sure anybody related to the Beatles like is suffering to eat. Like they're okay. Like what what do Beatles hardcore fans think about that? That's got to be a little bit cool, right? Like like a one-off, one-time song. I think that's okay. And then let it go. I mean, they might might not. They might become, Mm -hmm. you know, whores for this. And then they start putting out music all the time. But as a one-off song, I don't, it is weird, but I think it's kind of cool. It'll be interesting to listen to it. Like, what if it sucks? Then there's, like, this blemish on the Beatles' career. Like, oh, yeah. More than Yellow Submarine? But, like, they were this, like, influential awesome band. Oh, yeah, Mm. remember when they did this weird AI thing and it sucked? Yeah, it could tarnish Lennon's memory. Yeah. More than Yoko Ono? Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're fine with a one-off song. It's not a whole album, at least to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. You could probably get away with doing a one-time song, stick to like what made you famous, mm-hmm. and people are going to well, love it. Yeah, we'll see. And then you just say, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm going to go back to being Paul McCartney and just, you know, making all kinds of money doing other things. I'm going to trust McCartney on this. We'll see. All right. It's supposed to be out in 2023. All right. We'll see. It might be that the Beatles own like the AI voice of John Lennon because the 
voice came from um, unreleased demos. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they back. may so, very well. Yeah, yeah they so might that's just. What I mean, if, they might just be able to say, "Okay, we pulled everything from these mm-hmm, records, mm-hmm. so we own those records." Sure, absolutely. It's an interesting new world. It gets into crazy areas. Like this is going to yeah. open up a whole new uh, realm of lawsuits and. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know if you yeah. saw on Instagram the other day, Mrs. Uh, Hildebrandt, <laughs> by the power of AI, uh, released a promotional video endorsing Necronomicon. So yeah, I'm not so all sure. Things are possible. Many people knew that was AI based on the comments. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, "What the fuck is this shit? This isn't Mrs. Hildebrandt. Fuck you guys. I hate this." <laughs> They were fired up. That was great. It's just AI. People, relax. <laughs> it's a nice little program we found. <laughs> if that was Mrs. Hildebrand, you don't think I would have knocked her up like fifteen <laughs> times by right. now? She wants you to come in and do her in the vault. <laughs> Good lord, like that. Like we can get down with that. See. That was my first take on AI. I'll, I'll up my game. Don't I worry. I believe the comments were fire Declan immediately. God damn. Like, jeez. Like, I Just hate having Dec- a little bit of fun here, guys. Calm down. I hate Declan as much as the next guy, but only we can be little Declan, not you motherfuckers. Like, that's our guy. Don't you dare besmirch the good name of Declan. I'll go to bat for him on that. Goddamn right. We'll pistol whip him and beat the fuck out of him and not feed him and let him suffer of dehydration. But you don't dare say a bad thing about our Declan. He's a shit box, but he's our shit box. Yeah. Motherfuckers. (laughs) Getting into stuff that can be uh, debated. Stuff we don't know what the fuck happened. Got a nice little story tonight. Yeah. Staying on Dave's schedule. Yeah. I think this is one of the leftovers from last month. Wasn't this on the schedule and we bumped it? A couple months ago, yeah. A couple months ago. I put it back on. Yeah. I felt it was too good to you ignore. Kept it, you kept it right up front in necropurgatory. <laughs> That's right. You spit it back out. Bam, it's back. It's a fun little story. It is. Like I said, I feel like lighthouses and mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> You're certainly going to get both. <laughs> You just can't choose, and you want both at the same time. Boom, we're here to deliver. (laughs) The Flannan Isles, which are also known as the Seven Hunters, are a small group of islands in the Outer Hebrides of Scotland. The Flannan Isles were named after 7th century Irish Saint Flannan. He traveled to Rome where Pope John IV made him the first bishop of Killaloe. The isle we're going to focus on tonight is the Eileen Moor. And there's only two structures on the aisle. The lighthouse we're going to talk about tonight and a chapel that St. Flannan built when he became a saint. What about St. Flannel, the patron saint of grunge? I think that's Eddie, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> is that who Flannel. it is? Officially yeah, Eddie Vedder? I, so. oh, I thought it was Courtney Love, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> the lighthouse wasn't built until 1899. So for the longest time, there was nothing on the aisle besides the chapel, which was rarely, if ever, used. No one lived on the aisle, and no one really wanted to be there. There was a lot of superstition surrounding the aisle. First, it was believed to be inhabited by fairies, not like Tinkerbell little fairies, but non-human entities that really wanted nothing to do with humans and wanted them to stay off the aisle. Second, the coastline of the aisle is very rocky, jagged, and most of the time hidden by thick fog. Because of the conditions, there were a ton of shipwrecks and deaths, which resulted in stories about ghosts wandering around the aisle. All around creepy place. Sounds like it. It's dark, foggy, bad weather. My kind of place. No too, people. I too like to stay away from humans. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> Two little structures. Before the lighthouse was built, the only human presence on the aisle was caring for the sheep. To maintain the landscape of the aisle, sheep lived there and they would be free to graze. People would come during the day to tend to the sheep, but would never stay the night because of the ghosts and fairies. Eventually, people started doing rituals as like a protection from the entities on the aisle, like circling the chapel on your knees or taking off your hat and turning in a sunwise direction as soon as you got to the aisle. That would be fun to watch. <laughs> what is this, bingo? Yeah. <laughs> Those old ladies get up and spin around and walk around <laughs> in a chair. Bingo! I don't fuck with an old lady and her bingo, no. pal. You know, those fucking gnomes or whatever. The, the troll dolls. Troll dolls on the table. Those little stamp things they use for it. 
Have you ever been to bingo? Uh, I have not. Uh, I don't think I have. It's a whole scene, man. Have you? I have, yeah. Yeah, do you win? No, of course not. You're not like Larry David. I'm not going to win at a fucking church, ever. <laughs> they won't ever let me win. <laughs> Who won't let you? God won't I let you, Dave. Somebody won't let me. <laughs> All right. Have you been to one? Mm-hmm. Have you? Yeah, when I was little. Did you win? No. I was just with my grandma. As a kid, I used to love just bingo, like kid bingo, not like the the hardcore senior citizen yeah. bullshit. Oh, no, I was, I was like kind of a plus one for the adult one where I, there's yeah, cigarette smoking that. going yeah. on and troll dolls and the Virginia slim one twenties all yeah. being smoked. Yep. You know? Oh yeah. Big haze. You can't even see through the smoke. <laughs> yeah. At bingo. I got a bingo. <laughs> Plug my oxygen tank back in after you count my bingo. <laughs> so the lighthouse was built to guide ships past the aisle, obviously to avoid all the shipwrecks. But when construction started in 1895, locals warned that disturbing the ground would be something that the Northern Lighthouse Board would regret, that the ghosts and fairies would bring nothing but bad luck and misfortune to whoever stayed on the aisle. Mm-mm. Better think twice before you do it. The lighthouse was designed by a guy named David Stevenson for the Northern Lighthouse Board. The lighthouse itself was 75 feet tall, and around it were landing places, stairs, and railway tracks. The railway tracks were to get supplies to the lighthouse keepers and to get them fuel to keep the lighthouse lit. It burnt 20 large barrels of paraffin a year, and these had to be carried up steep slopes from the landing places using a cable system railway, which was powered by a small steam engine in a shed right next to the lighthouse. All of this work was done by two keepers and a relief keeper. The relief keepers would alternate every so often. So a relief keeper would show up with supplies and fuel and one of the keepers would go back. And this process just went on indefinitely. Do you have any idea how much lighthouse keepers were paid? I don't. Because I had heard they really bring home the beacon. How long, how long would their, their shifts last also? Like, how long are they sit like, living up there, This these three-man crews? Months. Yeah. And just time. being brought, dropped off supplies as needed, spam and bread and whatnot. Spam. You had spam recently, didn't you? I had spam for the very first time yeah. a couple weeks ago. Eh, Fr- right? Like a fried spam, though, right? Like, wasn't it a gimmick? It was at an Asian festival. It was... Uh, but it wasn't like just straight up like spam. Like it was some kind of it was like sushi spam. Okay. It was with uh, like sushi rice, spam, and something else. No good. I forget what it was called, but uh, it was okay. It's not great. I wouldn't get it again. I, I don't hate it, but I have never knowingly had spam. But like growing up, going like in school, they used to have those hot ham and cheese sandwiches. And I'm pretty sure that was spam they were using. Oh, really? Like just big chunk ham, like on bread, like on a, like a hot hamburger bun with cheese. Oh. And I didn't mind the sandwiches, but it was just cafeteria food. Like, you know, your standards sure, are pretty sure. low anyways. But I don't know if I've actually had spam. I've heard it's really good fried in the morning, like with eggs or like in an omelet. Yeah. But I don't know. I can't speak to that. That's I, one junk food I can't speak to. Yeah, not a fan. Was it salty? It's, I've also it's heard it's salty. really salty. Very salty. Yeah. You not had spam, Ian? No. Mm-mm. I don't recommend it. The lighthouse gig sounds pretty cool. Like if you're not a fan of people, and you probably don't have to do all that much work, right? Minus the haunted island. Like, yeah. Your main goal is keeping the lights on, more or less, right? We're going to talk about the movie at the end with uh, William Defoe and mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson. It doesn't look fun. That's the same time frame we're talking about. Yeah, here. no, it didn't really look fun. <laughs> like even take out the fact that they went crazy in the movie, mm-hmm. just like their job in general didn't look fun. Like, I wonder, what do you do all day? Play cards. Yeah, but even still, like after three weeks, you're like, fuck this. You go outside in, in your wool sweater <laughs> and run your hand through your windswept hair and gaze out onto the water. Yeah, that's it. Cards and that. <laughs> <laughs> and you read the one book you brought with That's you because right. you didn't think ahead. Moby Dick, yeah. I'm sure. 
<laughs> Whatever the biggest book you can find is. War and Peace. Yeah. Then you read it again. Yeah. Take in or uh, take up smoking. So they didn't have cigarettes back then. Take up smoking a pipe or something. Oh, definitely need a pipe. Yeah. I, you would have to do that. Yeah, something Sit to there do. and look at the water and smoke a pipe. Yeah. They didn't have cigarettes then? Uh, I don't know. Oh. But a pipe's cooler anyways. That and they just bring like cases of whiskey, right? Like you don't even have oh, clothes. Yeah, yeah. Not even clothes, just whiskey in your suitcase. Because <laughs> what else are you gonna do? You're gonna get drunk, you're gonna change light bulbs, and you're gonna smoke a, a pipe. And yeah, spear your own fish by the water. Well, now we're getting into some uh, Tom Hanks castaway type <laughs> shit. I'm in for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're eating like canned sardines and stuff. That's what I mean. Like the, the ships drop off some supplies. You're that's you're eating spam, you're eating sardines, which I can get down with. Crackers. Not terrible. I don't know. The food part doesn't sound awful. I can think of worse things to do. I just feel like you get bored. You gotta have something to do. You're not gonna go for jogs, right? Like who wants to do that? Hey, you probably don't bring your sneakers with you. All right. Well, <laughs> in December of 1900, the lighthouse was being kept by Thomas Marshall, James Ducat, and Donald MacArthur. The first sign of something being wrong happened on December 15th when the captain of the SS Archer noted in his log that the weather conditions were bad sailing past the aisle and the lighthouse wasn't lit. The SS Archer departed from Philadelphia, U.S. and was headed to Leith, Scotland. When the ship docked on December 18th, the issue was reported to the Northern Lighthouse Board who launched an investigation. The investigation found that the light was seen on December 7th, but not on the 8th, 9th, 10th, or 11th. It was seen on the 12th, and then it was out again until relief arrived on December 26th. So I wonder how busy the shipping lane actually was. It seems pretty dangerous to have the lighthouse out of commission for two whole weeks. Doesn't sound like there were any shipwrecks, but potentially there it's could have been. It's a long time right? to have it out. A ship named the Hesperus was the relief vessel that would transport supplies to the aisle and it was scheduled to depart on December 20th to find out why the light was out. However, because of bad storms, the Hepperus didn't arrive until December 26th. The captain, James Harvey, knew something was wrong as soon as he got close enough to the aisle to see an empty flagstaff. On top of no flag flying, none of the provision boxes had been left on the landing for restocking, and the keepers weren't there to greet the Hesperus. Captain Harvey blew the ship's whistle and fired off a couple flares, but no one came out of the lighthouse. Need an Aztec death whistle, then they'd hear it. They would have heard that <laughs> for sure. That would they would have heard that. Also, the Hesperus is the evening star in Greek mythology. I was just curious, so I looked it up. Now you know. Thank you for that. Yeah, anytime. So, planet Venus, I guess. In other words, the evening star. Oh, okay, that's cool. Venus has been out a lot lately. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, I see it in my hot tub off the deck. Like, oh, look, there's Venus. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Just like it was last night. How about that? Mm. It's out here every night. Pass me my martini. Mm. <laughs> I'm in my hot tub on my deck. <laughs> Rub my feet, Declan. <laughs> <laughs> They're awfully sore from doing nothing all day. <laughs> the Hesperus sent out a boat with the relief keeper, Joseph Moore, and he rowed the rest of the way to the aisle alone in a tiny boat, which, fuck that. That visual is super scary. Nighttime, just like fuck yeah. Like, all right, here yeah. you take this little rowboat. We're gonna park back here. You row the rest of the way and let us know what you find. Just carrying gas lamps, right? That's mm -hmm. yeah. Ugh. Yeah, there's no electricity or any batteries or anything like that. And there, you know, I, I read it early. I don't remember how far. Thirty-five-ish miles offshore of the of the next, you know, not even the mainland, off the barrier islands, off the mainland of Scotland. So feels like you're just out in the middle of the ocean. You are. Yeah. You're in the just middle. That's it. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> it's not sounding so good anymore, is it? No. <laughs> like, uh, I decline your offer, Captain. I will be staying on board. <laughs> Joseph made it to the steep steps to the lighthouse, and he found the entrance gate and the main door both unlocked, but they were shut. Um, the beds were unmade, and the clock on the wall had stopped. There was a poem written in 1912 about an incident in which says, quote, there was cold meat, pickles, and potatoes. A kitchen chair lay on its side, and the only sign of life was the keeper's canary, half starved on its perch. Uh, that's debated, that whole detail. That might be some dramatization going on. 
because there's other versions of the story where the silverware was all cleaned and put away, um, which alludes to that they maybe left right after dinner. But either way, it's super creepy. You just walk on there and everybody's gone. Yeah. It is creepier if things are left out like that because it kind of makes you think that something something happened. Devious happened. They were, yeah, like a tragic event. But I, I feel like stories like this are always subject to embellishment because it makes it more interesting, whether it's for newspapers or storytelling purposes. What's a better poem, right? When there's <laughs> right. chairs on its side and there was a starving, yeah, exactly. uh, starving canary. That scene would make you think that something really bad happened. Like there was some type of struggle or something. I feel like if you walked in and everything was perfect, like Joseph Moore reported and the silverware was all clean and put away. I feel like that's even creepier. Like it's everything's just untouched. Like everybody's just gone and you're alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ship's waiting for you. Well, that's your, like you're just so isolated. Yeah. Just so isolated out there. How big is this island? Did we ever touch on that? Did we say like, like is this a small little piece of land where you can see one end to the other, or is this is this big enough that you know you might be lost on the island a little bit? Well, it says it's only sixty seven acres big. That's not very big that at sounds all. Sounds tiny. Very small. Very small. That's even a little claustrophobic being stuck on a place <laughs> that small. So you're starting to rethink your whole, mm. uh, you do this yeah, job. I'm sure I love it. It makes sense to put a lighthouse on that then because it's so small that a ship could easily miss it, especially with all that fog yeah, like and the stuff. the rocky outcroppings and stuff. And yeah. apparently all those ships that sunk there around the island. So, yeah. Joseph Moore went back to the landing to report that the keepers were missing. The second mate of the Hesperus rode to the isle on another rowboat, and together he and Joseph started searching the aisle. Everything looked normal on the east landing, but the west landing looked like a storm had blown in from that direction. A box was found 108 feet above sea level that was broken and the stuff inside was thrown everywhere. The iron rails had been bent. The railway on that side had been ripped from the concrete, and a boulder that weighed a little more than a ton had been shifted. Could a storm move a 2,000-pound boulder? I guess. I mean, maybe if the boulder was laying at the right angle too, or like on a uh, mm-hmm. perch somehow, maybe. Strong storm. Maybe. Maybe. But that would be the kind of storm that other people would have noticed. If it was that strong to move a, a one ton boulder. You would think so. Other islands might notice that. Other ships on the sea might notice that. Mm-hmm. Just thinking out loud. I'm in agreeance. So let it be written, so let it be done. (laughs) At the end of their search around the aisle, they didn't have any answers, but the lighthouse needed to be kept. So Joseph Moore had to stay along with a few other crew members of the Hesperus, which is another scary visual. You show up to that scene like that, and the captain's like, well, guess what, Joey? You're going to be taking over now, and uh, I'm leaving, right? Here's your spam. Here's a bottle of whiskey. (laughs) That's right. Here's Moby Dick. We'll see you in three months. We don't know what happened to those guys. Exactly. And you know, write us. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if there was a dragon living on the island and they didn't know about? They could have just, you know, now we're ta- ate them or on burned the, them up. On that sixty-seven acres, they couldn't even see the dragon. He was hiding. Maybe there's a hidden cave or something. <laughs> could be anything. And there's stories out there of like sea monsters maybe got sure. to these guys and yeah. stuff. Captain's like, nope, we'll see you later. Bye. (laughs) Captain Harvey sent a telegram to the Northern Lighthouse Board on December 26th, 1900. He said, quote, A dreadful accident has happened at the Flannans. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional, have disappeared from the island. Fired a rocket, but as no response was made, managed to land Moore, who went up to the station but found no keepers there. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane or something like that. Night coming on, we could not wait to make something as to their fate. I have left Moore, McDonald, Boymaster, and two seamen on the islands to keep the light burning until you make other arrangements. Will not return to Oban until I hear from you. I have repeated this wire to Muirhead in case you are not at home. I will remain at the telegraph office tonight until it closes. If you wish to wire me. So half this Island has no damage whatsoever. The other half 
shows sign of wreckage or damage of some sorts. Oh, which just means it blew in from the west, right? Or a monster came in from the west. Or a monster came in from the west. The fairies attack from the west. <laughs> some people left the uh, the shelter with appropriate clothing. Some people did not. Very Dyatlov Pass. Does have rings of Dyatlov Pass. Only one person, though. Yeah. As if maybe his two compatriots got into trouble outside and he noticed and <laughs> ran out the door real quick. That definitely sounds like a possibility. Put his coat on. I would not rule that out at this point. Yeah. Necronomapod is sponsored by BetterHelp. Take a second to think about how much time you spend on yourself in a given week. Now compare that to the time you spend on others. It's easy, isn't it? To get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. Meanwhile, you're never taking a moment to think about your own needs. Getting that late night call from a distressed friend, taking care of a sick child, or helping coworkers who are slammed with work. Assisting the people around us is important, but when we all spend our, all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy is all about giving your mental health the self-care it deserves. Because sometimes we don't set aside enough time to focus on improving ourselves, being too busy focusing on improving those around us. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey to better balance in your life from wherever you are. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Necro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Three days later, Robert Muirhead from the Northern Lighthouse Board showed up to investigate. Muirhead had recruited all three of the missing keepers himself, so he was sure that they wouldn't have just taken off or something like that. Also, like, how would they the get cow? away? <laughs> Uber ships. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're tired of being here on this uh, alien moor. Can you come pick us up? Muirhead found everything to be the way that Joseph Moore had reported but Muirhead found new evidence in the lighthouse log that made the story way creepier. It read, quote, December 12th, gale north by northwest. Sea lashed to fury. Never seen such a storm. Waves very high. Tearing at lighthouse. Everything ship shape. James Decott irritable. Later on December 12th, storm still raging. Wind steady. Storm bound. Cannot go out. Ship passing sounding foghorn. Could see lights of cabins. Decot quiet. Donald MacArthur crying. December 13th. Storm continued through the night. Wind shifted west by north. Decot quiet. MacArthur praying. Later that same night. Noon. Gray. Daylight. Me, Decot, and MacArthur prayed. On December 14th, there was no entry in the log. The final entry was made on December 15th. It said, December 15, 1 p.m. Storm ended. Sea calm. God is overall. Adding to the creepiness of these entries, there were no reported storms in the area during that time frame. The weather was said to be calm, and storms only hit the island on December 17th. Hmm. So nothing to move that boulder, the 2,000-pound boulder. And nothing to spark necessarily these writings. Never seen such a storm is what was written. Although I guess that boulder could have been moved anytime. People hadn't been there in months, right? So it could a storm could have hit it a month ago and and did that damage, right? And moved that could boulder. Have. Sure. Not necessarily right then. Yeah. Interesting logs though. They seem a little too neat. Yeah. 
like someone's idea of what a log would look like if they came upon an <laughs> an empty scenario like this. Are you implying someone planted a log? I'm just saying it's. I mean, I know you're known for planting logs in people's upper <laughs> decks of toilets. <laughs> but would you plant I this have kind of log? I've never done an upper decker in my entire life. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> right? Seems a little contrived, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know what these logs would look like or what they're writing. So I don't know based on that. I know we're going to get into some stuff here in a mm-hmm. minute. I, I would think if there's a storm this big, the other islands, the other ships out on sea, somebody would have noticed the storm. I mean, this is at least the 12th and the 13th. That's at least a two-day storm. There's nothing on the 14th and mm-hmm. on the 15th. Everything was calm. So a two-day storm, that thing's moving. Somebody's going to experience that other than this small 76, or we say 67-acre island. Somebody else is going to experience that, I would imagine. Let me throw this out there. What if they came across some shrooms growing on the island? They just thought there was a storm. Yeah. Where's Ja Rule when you need him? Holla, holla. (laughs) Some uh, psychedelic activity brought on. Holla, holla. By the shrooms that they may have ingested. (laughs) Well. Right? Started hallucinating stuff, writing these logs. They're just sitting in their house crying but then what then they just they just jump they jump into the water and just that's it yeah like they they can't take it anymore they're like we got to swim to Mm. scotland and they jump in the water and drown we cannot rule that out no we certainly cannot rule that out mir had questioned the heavy winter coat that was left at the entrance of the lighthouse he questioned why one of them would take off in freezing winter temperatures without their coat he also questioned what made them all leave their posts at the same time when I guess that's one of the biggest rules is to everybody can't leave the lighthouse. Someone's got to make sure the light stays on. Right. That makes sense. So something was big enough to make them all three leave at the same time. Mm. I mean, the, jokes, roughly at the, said, same time. the yeah. joke's always said, but they literally have one job. <laughs> they literally have one <laughs> that's job. That's it. <laughs> You got a Tombow Dat, leave the light on for everybody. There you go. Was that Motel 6? Motel 6. Yeah. Right? What yeah. a weird, Motel we'll six. leave the light on for you. What we'll, the fuck? Like, I'm trying to sleep. I don't want the fucking light on. It's because if you're in a Motel 6, you want to be able to see all the roaches cr- crawling around. <laughs> so you have to leave the light on. You sleep like, with one eye open. Like the office when they have the black light in the hotel room. Yeah, it's either that's right. Blood, semen, or what? Spit or something? What is Urine. It? Urine. Doesn't he say, like, oh, I hope it's semen or something? <laughs> he says something about urine or something. Yeah, yeah, I hope it's urine. <laughs> Muir had noted that the landing platform on the western side of the aisle had the severe storm damage that we talked about. Based on that, he concluded that the men must have gone to repair the damage and had been swept away by a wave. The problem with that is, while the boots and coats belonging to Ducat and Marshall were missing, Donald MacArthur's were still inside. It doesn't make sense that he would go out there and try to fix this with nothing on, but it's also possible, like you said earlier, Dave, that they got into trouble um, because MacArthur could have seen Ducat and Marshall get into some trouble. Maybe they were hanging off that rail. He ran down there. Um, Hey, occasional guy, come help us. (laughs) We're in trouble. So he took off without his stuff on because he was in a rush. Sure. But then it's weird that the entrance door and the gate to the yard were both closed. They weren't locked, so it's possible he did. But if he was in like a life or death situation to save them, he took the time to close Mm. the gate or the door and the gate. Maybe the wind blew it shut. It's possible. Sure it is. A lot of questions here, Ian. I'm not hearing a lot of concrete answers. (laughs) Author James Love found documentation that showed Thomas Marshall was previously fined five shillings when equipment he was responsible for washed away. That goes to that theory of them trying to save equipment or something like that happened. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's possible that he was trying to avoid something washing away and they accidentally fell in and or they were trying to save mm-hmm. him something. Yeah. There's also a high possibility that those creepy log entries could be fake. Author Mike Dash points out that the emotions in the logbook 
as being a really big red flag that they're fake. The logbooks were official for the Lighthouse Board, so writing stuff like James Ducat was irritable or Donald MacArthur was crying, stuff like that, would pretty much be like the same thing as a doctor writing on hospital paperwork that a nurse was being irritable or <laughs> it's just out of place and doesn't make sense. But it does make sense when you think of it that way. Like this author said it's not, and he's a historian too, but he said it's not a diary. It's a log of what happened. Right. Not your opinion, your descriptive opinion, your opinion for what you were doing that day. Yeah. Ducat's being a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. This pussy's crying in the corner. No, it's turn light on, turn light off, whatever. But heavy is, winds. Yeah. But is the faking it implication that somebody, that the logs existed, but somebody was cleaning something up and wrote those entries there, or that they were kind of added to the story years later just to kind of embellish and make the story more interesting? Right. He he felt that it could be traced back to like Pulp Fiction magazines from right. way back that they just kind of embellished, and then somebody just threw those logs out there like oh yeah this was part of it so they didn't really exist not someone faking the logs just adding them later on so the logs probably never existed in the first place yeah yeah it almost seems likely or at least i'm led to believe that those logs didn't really exist yeah no i think somebody just added those faved it yeah like i said earlier these stories benefit from the creepy factor and they're more interesting definitely yeah there's some other possibilities that of what happened to the guys you know, we talked about them being caught by a wave or MacArthur maybe running down to help save the other two. There's some talk of maybe murder going on something. They got into a fight, something, murder. Went, something went wrong. Uh, MacArthur was said to be a very hostile person, hmm. not very easy to get along with and could have a temper. And maybe there were some issues there with him. There was also an unexpected visit. I believe it happened on December 6th, maybe the 5th, right before the lighthouse went out. There was an unexpected visit from um, like a superior of the oh. um, of the lighthouse board, which I believe it's a Mike Dash historian points out that that's pretty rare and maybe points to something being an issue. Maybe that MacArthur guy was causing problems and okay. they had to go out and check it out. That maybe changes things. Is there a report from the superior that he left when he visited? Did he reprimand people? There's not. Hearsay at this point. <laughs> <laughs> mm. There's also the theory of pirates. I saw that being thrown around out there. Were there still pirates operating in the 1899? Was this 1900, 1899? I think it was 1900, I think it was right? 1900. December 1900. Yeah, I don't makes know. it cooler. I don't know. I saw those pirates in uh, the Tom Hanks movie. That was not. Oh, yeah. That was Smally not very cool. Yeah. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I bet it's scary though. Yeah, yeah. Especially because it's a true story too. Yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah, there's all kind of pirates out there. Mm. It could be anything. One of them, they could have been doing work. One of them fell in. Two of them drowned trying to save them. Two of them could have fell in. The other guy could have ran down, like we said, and tried to save him and drown. Yeah, like a real tragic, terrible situation. And we're like, oh, ghosts. Yeah, right. Fairies. Yeah, fairies got him, threw him in the water. Could be. And I'm- <laughs> <laughs> one might have killed, two might have killed one. Uh, who, I mean, the possibilities are endless. I think it's likely that one or two of them fell in and the other person drowned trying to save them. Would be my guess. Yeah, something along those lines. There's no evidence with this one that would make you think otherwise. No. You know, like Dyatlov had all kind of weird stuff, and there was radiation on their bodies. And, and a lot of people ran out without their clothing no. on. Yeah, like there was a lot of very odd things. Maybe the Yeti killed these people on Flannan Isle, then swam to Russia, mm. and killed the Dyatlov past people. Maybe so. Fifty years later, it has not. What yet, about that? It has not yet been ruled out. It also could have been Ivan. Could have been, could Ivan. Have been Ivan. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Ivan was a mean motherfucker. What about the boy? 
Ivan. <laughs> Man, we didn't find any boy in the lake. <laughs> then he's still out there. <laughs> Rise, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> so there were movies made about this, uh, The Vanishing, which I've never seen. I haven't either. Oh, really? I thought oh, for sure you would have been like... That Gerard Butler's in it. I looked it up. I'm like, I never heard of this movie. Yeah. It's different it? than that Dutch vanishing movie with the or the Buried Alive movie. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. I think so. Is the Gerard Butler one that's so it's newer? Or is it is kind of old? It's newer, yeah. Is within that? what, last twenty years, I guess. Yeah, it's I in the two thousands. But it's directly about this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess someone's interpretation of what happened, probably. There's the one that I thought of with William Defoe and Robert Pattinson in The Lighthouse. I thought it was for sure based off this story, but it's not. It's actually based off an incident that happened in 1801, which, interestingly enough, is the reason for teams of three lighthouse keepers, like the one we talked about tonight instead of two. There's a quick summary of that. Quote, the old lighthouse brought about a change in lighthouse policy in 1801 after a gruesome episode, sometimes called the Smalls Lighthouse Tragedy. Thomas Howell and Thomas Griffith, the two-person team that managed the lighthouse, were publicly known to quarrel. When Griffith died in a freak accident, Howell feared that if he discarded the body into the sea, authorities might accuse him of murder. As Griffith's body began to decompose, Howell built a makeshift coffin for the corpse and lashed it to an outside shelf. Stiff winds blew the box apart and the body's arm fell within view of the hut's window. As the winds would blow, gusts would catch the arm and move it in a way that made the appendage appear to beckon. In spite of his former partner's decaying corpse and working the lighthouse alone, Howell was able to keep the house's lamp lit. When Howell was finally relieved of duty, the impact of the situation was so emotionally taxing that his friends did not recognize him. As a result, the governing body changed the lighthouse policy to make lighthouse teams rosters of three people, which continued until the automation of British lighthouses in the 1980s. It's like weekend at Bernie's lighthouse. <laughs> the arms waving at the fucking window. That does not sound fun at all. I get it, though. You just pitch the guy and you're like, oh, you, you probably killed him. So, all right, I'm going to save his body so you can. Uh... It's just weird that you're so trapped out there. Yeah, like you right. can't do anything with yeah. this this corpse now. It's judgment call. And people knew you guys didn't get along. So now you have that on you. Absolutely. And you're just alone and can see his arm waving. He's just waving like, at like you, you every just day. Go crazy. Oh my god, yeah. So that's what the lighthouse movie was kind of based on. Mm-hmm. All right. I swore. I thought for sure it was based off this story. Yeah. That's even creepier. Mm-hmm. I really liked that movie. I thought it was good too. A lot of people didn't like it. Yeah. Those are my kind of movies though, where I'm just like at the end, I'm like, I don't really know what I watched, so I got to watch yeah. it a second time. Yeah. The casting was phenomenal. I thought it was great. That movie made me stop looking at Robert Pattinson like the Twilight guy. Because mm-hmm. every time I'd see him, I'm like, fucking Twilight this guy. This fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Step out into the light so we can see you sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Twilight thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. They sparkle in the sunlight because they're vampires. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a different vampire world. I was going to say, I thought they can't be in sunlight. Yeah, they're supposed to light on fire and I step out That's into the sunlight. beta. Yeah. Whatever. It's like the remix version of Vampire. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, that movie was good. He was really good. In I movie. agree. I thought it was great. A lot of people hate Batman it. now too. Mm-hmm. He's really good in that as well. In that wow. movie. All right. So what's there today? Is this uh, lighthouse? It's still there. I think mm-hmm. based on what I saw, I read that they automated it in 1971. Yeah. They don't do this anymore. Yeah. Not some fellows out there running it anymore. <laughs> it's a settling gas. That's just, that's lame. Works on its own. That's lame. I want to go back. I want that job. Automation, man. It's but killing the like, human spirit, just like the Unabomber said. <laughs> I want I want five-star amenities, though, when I'm out there. That's right. Alas, probably not meant for the life on the sea. That's a hard life. Yeah, that whole keeping the steam engine going. Can you imagine, though, mm-hmm. like nowadays, if it was my life, like every night I just do a flick of switch. And then I go back to like downstairs to bed. Light's still come, going. You come up at like 6 a.m., turn the switch off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I hate this job. 
No shipwrecks last night. <laughs> Killing it. Gold Killing star it. for me, the lighthouse keeper. <laughs> I keep the shit of that. I uh, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I rock the shit keeping that light on. <laughs> I, I do not suspect any paranormal with this one. It is a mystery, though. I don't think you can rule out any sort of foul play. You no, know, foul play. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, their bodies have never been found. Yeah. I think it's likely someone fell in and everyone drowned, but you know, could knows? the Loch Ness monster have stumbled over onto this mm. area and got them? Could the Loch Ness monster jump out of the Loch Ness <laughs> into the ocean and swim <laughs> to the Flannan Isles? Why I used the yes term, or no. That's why I used the term stumbled over. Maybe it was just kind of like a roll. I don't know. He was walking on land. Remember? It's true. There were what some episode pictures. was that? What was that episode? The Loch Ness Monster. Well, oh, I thought it was a... Yeah. That guy, that disgraced guy is like, fuck you guys. You set me up, <laughs> you motherfuckers. So maybe I'm, I don't think we can rule that out either. Maybe you walk there. Or yeah. at least walk to the ocean. And then just there. swam on in. Mm. That's why they call it a mystery, fellas. There's no <laughs> answers here. Yeah, because there's a lot of debate about their bodies never washing up or anything because... That's how all bodies were found from shipwrecks and things out there. They eventually get washed up. So Just the tide and the currents wouldn't have carried them out to sea. They would have yeah. brought them back to shore. Hmm. There's also like these little caves on the coat, like on the mm. shoreline of that, um, of that Island. And they said like water gets sucked in there and then shoots up. So they couldn't even have been a storm. It could have just been like a freak wave that just shot in there the right way and it made the water come up and hit one of them. Okay. Yeah, there's lots of possibilities here. Maybe their bodies are in those caves right now. It's cold water. It's the North Atlantic, right? Maybe they're preserved. Should we do a mission? Maybe we should. Let's do an investigatory. It sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, I don't want to do that. All right, well, we'll just let this one be. <laughs> Go to Bahamas instead. <laughs> that sounds all right. <laughs> Smoke cigars and drink daiquiris. That sounds like quite all right. Um, all right. Anything else on this one? I'm good. You good? Yeah. I think they drowned. Final I think answer. so, too. I think it's just a tragic story. Yeah. They ended up just dying. And Good mystery, though. What do you got for us on uh, old Patreon? Thank you to new patrons, Taylor. Danielle Ruff, Buds, Ashley Legg, Lindsay, Megan Baird, Danielle Bensick, Brock Hudson, Narek Gasparian, Kara Seabacher, Fidel Royalanda, Smack on My Titty Boosters, <laughs> okay. Ben Davis, Kelly Perky, Josh Harris, Tracy Schroeder, Tyler Thomas, Lewis Baker, Amber Lamps, Stan, Jonathan Stewart Hedrick, Hillary Lord, Jen, Big D Eisenhower, Ninny Muggins, Just a Torso, Natasha Reagan Burke, Jonas Gust, Syracuse Amanda, Catherine Marsh, The Clit is Out There. Yeah, out of this world, <laughs> fake. <laughs> Alberto Romero, Hayden Book, Hugh Janus, Chelsea Morse, Anna Freeholtz, Hair 3.14. Get it? Hair pie, Hair 3.14. Science joke, Hair pie. Oh, boy. Daniel Homo Man. Hi, this isn't me reading Patreon names. I just wanted to take a moment to let everyone know I love big fat wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. You got me. Is that all of the name? No. Yeah, that's it. Including the yeah. ha ha you got no, me. No, that was, that was me. <laughs> it ended with I love big fat wieners. And I said, ha ha, you got me. People literally, someone just literally paid for you to say that. Oh, yeah. This is a good time. You got me. <laughs> Shitheed and Mega Douche. Cheyenne Davis. Bateson Nation. Kaylee McCrory. Timothy White. Mike's Gag Reflex. Doesn't exist. <laughs> Lexi Hill. Evan Martin. Jasmine Morris. 
Dylan Thomas, Seth Arledge, and Mom Sense. Thank you, new patrons, very much for your support. Ian. I have one for Harvey Butthole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lipster Lou, Peberg 17, Alyssa 91, Mr. Muggs' Master, Leap 18, and Rollins Girl. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, what about uh, international military? I've had a couple international. uh, Jordy Anns from Great Britain. Anna B85 from Great Britain and Timbo984 from New Zealand. Timbo! Timbo984. Thank you very much for the nice reviews. And I have one military shout out to patron Mike is definitely a disinformation agent. He probably doesn't even like wrestling. A U.S. Army veteran. Thank you for your service as well as your conspiracy theories. Thank you. What theories do I have? What was uh, that, that based on? That you're a disinformation agent. Okay. That you don't even like wrestling. That, okay. That you you were probably so, sent by, uh, what's the? Philip Class. I work for Philip Class, really. <laughs> He's my hero. <laughs> what's the Area 51 disinformation guy? Uh, Richard Doty. Richard Doty. You're a Richard so what, Doty type. So what he's saying is I'm, I disinformationize our alien stories or wrestling. I would like more information on that. Well, maybe he'll. You'll have uh, to contact him directly for that. I, I don't have any more. Information. I'll contact military.com. <laughs> reach out to him. Excuse me, usvets.com. That's right. Yeah. I've got one more special shout out. A big thank you to uh, some of our patrons Angela, Kat, Jenny, and Jen. Got us this super cool signed Evil Dead. Uh, Signed, signed by Sam Raimi, the legend himself. So, guys, super cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. What's uh, what's Evil Dead? <laughs> thank it's you very much. Story for another day. <laughs> but uh, apparently, Sam Raimi knows who we are now. So, hi, hi Sam. Maybe Sam's listening now. Uh, he probably That'd be cool. Big yeah, fan. Probably. Of the show. Him and Bret Hart are hanging out together right now. <laughs> uh, and Chris Hansen. Yeah, listening and. Uh, Talking about us. Probably. Having a pint of ale. Probably. Talking about us. So, so. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. And uh, hi, Sam. Give us give us a call. We have some ideas for stuff. I'd like to talk to Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Get Bruce on three-way and give <laughs> <Yeah>. us a call. <laughs> we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod, Patreon.com, slash Necronomapod, Amazon, search Necronomapod, and Necronomapod.com. All right. You guys ready for a cool-down beer? Cheers.